processing. Do you do in incentives at the end, like subscribe if you want to see more or whatever? Oh, yeah, like call to actions and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I focus more on call to actions to book me as opposed, you know, totally, book me for, for a game sure. as opposed to like collect subscribers and shit. For me, my main I think monetary thing is I do a lesson course thing where I get get people to go sign up for free lessons, teach them like three tricks and whatnot. Um, I like doing that, and then the shows I usually just use direct response. Mm. All right, so that should go up in two, one. I usually trim off the end here. All right, we should be live now. Sweet. And audio recording is going. Great. So do I just talk from here and this will pick it up? Yeah, that'll All pick right. it up. And uh, iPhone over there should too. Let's make sure we're live. There we go. <laughs> There's the back of my head. It's a good sign. Yeah, let's pull that over there so make sure that's recording too. Alright, so we can timestamp it. And three, two, one. All right, everybody. Ian Galloway, how are you doing? Good. Happy Halloween. We were talking Halloween. a little bit earlier, getting everything yeah. set up, and uh, messing around with the new technical difficulty has been pretty awesome. You were telling me you just did a tour over in uh, Irvine doing a show? Yeah, I did so a show sure. for a corporate holiday party oh, uh, earlier awesome. in Irvine for the Embassy Suites uh, corporate event out there, so that was pretty uh, exciting. I, I got to do the full-blown Halloween show with the mask-changing act uh along with the doves into the snake the chopped off arm illusion a so little cool. bit of a uh, pk touch stuff oh okay awesome um, is it like so. is it like so you're doing the pk touch stuff on the stage as well or yeah it, okay cool awesome. yeah so i'll do that like before i do a uh, double cross all right which all right. is um basically like a variation on the ashens uh ashens on the palm okay yeah yeah totally thing. uh so given like all right so almost sure like a voodoo we'll talking kind of to uh talking to laymen or magicians Oh, well, totally. Doesn't just matter. Yeah, okay, it's okay. just getting to know you in the behind the scenes. It's like, obviously, we all know that it's the interdimensional elves that make the magic work. So mm -hmm. uh, as long as, you know, everyone is in on the know on that. So okay. it's real magic, of course. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, totally. That's So you're doing, it's like, uh, so it's like the going with the PK touch. So basically, uh, for layman's terms, what that amounts to is you're going up having an effect where you essentially have someone have a mark appear on their hand at a distance and they can actually feel that sensation psychologically. Is that more or less what you're going to Yeah, convey? well, I, I go, first I go after the um, having two people come up and then uh, just touching one person on the shoulder, the other person feels it. And then I'll do uh, the feather one where you do a feather across someone's nose and okay. without touching the other person, that person also feels it. Um, and then it builds and I say now you're gonna uh, visually actually see this so now you're gonna not only use the sense of touch but you're gonna use the your, your sense of sight to actually see the connection as well and then I that's when I do like the ashes on palm so that people can like visually see the connection as well as like um, the people on stage Dude, that's feeling awesome. it. And so, so this is, is this something you do in all of your acts or is this specifically for the Halloween season or how's that work? Um, I, I usually do it when, uh, it's like a corporate audience or when okay. it's the, you know, the right kind of adult audience. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. 
Awesome. So uh, basically, like, how did you uh, how did you get started in this? I mean, magic and doing stage shows. Like for myself, I do close up, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like obviously, stage is a there's a legit career for you. You're, you're knocking out corporate gigs. You're getting people booking you all the time, and you're touring around the country. It's freaking awesome. Like, Thanks, how did you get to this point? Because I know the mm-hmm. that's like behind every success is like just years and years of grinding hard work so it's like, no yeah definitely yeah um yeah it, it it just starts off by working on your craft and perfecting uh you know the act itself getting out getting experience getting exposure yeah. and then also working on the marketing side of it totally. so the business side of it correlates with the magic itself and mm-hmm. the business side of um Getting the gigs is just as important as um, performing the magic, too. That's what I've been noticing. My day job has been doing digital marketing, and it's like, yeah, doing the magic is like 10% of what I do. 90% is setting up YouTube videos, putting out content, editing, building email. It's like crazy networking, thumbtack, doing lead generation. Like, there's all these different sources to, like, just to do that one hour bit. And it's crazy. And it's awesome because you have, but it's hard because you got to balance that with, you know, all of this you gotta know right. tricks you gotta be reading you gotta keep up the hands you gotta it's crazy it's, right. it's a lot right. of work that's yeah i mean awesome. you could have the best show in the world right yeah. but if no one knows about it how, how are they gonna book you exactly so. i mean that's di vernon's story in a nutshell oh, is it was it? Like, okay. yeah his career you know it was like he didn't even make money doing the magic it was mostly from cutting out silhouettes of people he would cut out their silhouettes sell those for like 20 bucks and you do the magic just to attract a crowd like he never got yeah. the business side of the mm. Well, I, I mean, obviously, he was a success in the creation of the, in the magic community, creating the books right, and whatnot, right. but, like, he wasn't going out and, you know, David Copperfielding it up kind of thing, getting stage right. shows, booking the Vegas scene, it was, and he's arguably one of the best close-up card magicians that's ever uh, lived, it's yeah. crazy. Well, I, you know, the way that you and I met for, for the audience, it's like, uh, we both worked at the magic shop in Disneyland. Yeah, that's where we both started. Yeah, and for me, like, I, I know that that was, like, Man, that was a crazy time because it was like you got to get so many gigs so quickly in quick succession. I've noticed that a lot of people who have gone through that magic shop have gone on to build magic and to develop it and follow the passion, which most most people who I've seen that follow magic you know, in their younger ages either evolve into a different path or become an actor or do comedy or go out to something. But the people who have gone to that magic shop seem to have gotten something special. And I think there's like a unique... There's a unique thing going on there. Mm-hmm. And personally, I've tried to like figure it out because I'm a logical, analytical guy. And I'm like, what is it so special about it? I think it's just like how many magicians get to have that many shows with that much foot traffic every single day other than the magic shop. I mean, it's in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't get more people than that. Disneyland is huge and it's all the time. So it's like... Uh, I don't know for you if that was a, a, a experience that you like got you a lot of experience in shows in or whatnot, but I know it was like it was hard because it's like go from yeah I do magic for my friends and family for me at least I was like going and doing these shows to like yeah no do like two hundred shows a day yeah and it was awesome but you know it's uh, I, I did that do you feel like that had any influence like your the amount of shows do you mm-hmm. because i've heard lance burton has always talked about he's like the secret to becoming a famous magician is to go and do a lot of shows badly until you stop doing them badly and like <laughs> he's like how do you get good at magic just go find yeah. a place to be bad and do it over and over and over again until it's not bad and for yeah. me i feel like the magic shop really helped me with that no yeah definitely it, it all comes with experience and you know we all start somewhere yeah um we don't start off as the best you know magician with the best sleight of hand on our first show okay you know what i mean like yeah, it, yeah. It, it definitely takes time to 
to have a good show and you know I'm still building on it still trying to make my show better totally, all the yeah, time and um, in terms of the close-up show and the stage show yeah always trying to make adjustments and, and I found that like so crazy where it's like of all the artistic pursuits it seems like magic has the longest like slowest burn where it's like most professionals I see that are really killing it are in their 30s 30s and 40s and it's like it's crazy that it seems to take so like Darren Brown, David Blaine, Chris Angel, Lance Burton, like all of them made their big like debuts in their 30s. And it's yeah. like most of the other art forms, actors are like, oh, you're over 25. I guess you're not going to make it. Like it's crazy. And I, I really like that about the art. I, I think that it's because, um, you know, it's an intellectual art as well as mm-hmm. uh, it's not so much like demanding on the physicality where you you have the certain mechanics of it, but it's not like, oh, shoot, well, you know, I'm just out of shape. I can't keep up with the basketball team anymore because I'm mm. over 30. Whereas in with Magic, you, know, you can do it when you're 60. You can do it when you're 70 and just keep getting better and better. So I really love that aspect yeah. of it. What is it about the art? Like, what got you into it, doing it professionally? Because it's like, I, for me, I, I think of it, it's like, all magicians are like a little, we've got something in our, it makes us different. We're a little, in a little way, in the way comedians are a little different, you know, it's like the way we think or act, it tends to get us to these points. And I, I find it interesting how other magicians found their way. And I mm-hmm. find like most people, it's like, Oh yeah, I started when I was eight years old. It's like, or seven, eight, you're very young. And they just, most people drop off. It's like, Oh yeah, I was into that when I was eight. And, you know, when I hit like 16 or realized, you know, that girls existed, I just, you know, <laughs> it's like, I stopped doing it. And it's like, no. And, uh, the people who stick through it seem there's always something seems to be something special about it that keeps them there. So do, yeah. is there anything like that for you? Well, yeah, for me, um, you know, uh, I started off doing magic. One of the main reasons was after seeing Lance Burton show mm-hmm. that really got me into it, yeah. and um, then I continued to pursue it because, like, when I first started off, uh, like in high school, I was a very socially awkward kid. Okay. So magic was really a way for me to kind of break the ice with people because yeah, yeah. I didn't really know how to approach a group and, totally, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and talk to people because I was just, I just felt, I always felt different as a kid and I always felt socially awkward. Mm-hmm. So magic was really a way for me to, to get out of that. And, um, then, you know, I, I just started doing magic for people, seeing their reactions and seeing how amazed people got and uh i didn't ever want to stop doing it magic actually me and my personality as a person and magic kind of collided and became one and it was like that's who i am uh, a magician that's who i am i don't want to be anything else you know i'd rather be dead that's exactly that's so like that that, that's the way i looked at it too and that's always my advice to people always ask me like should i go into magic and I, i teach lessons to people and i with the goal of not so much, well, they can't, all the stuff that I teach them is how to do it professionally and make a career. I follow, like, the Tarbell method. Even yeah, if you're yeah. not going to be professional, uh, you should be training as if you are going to, just because that's how you do the art correctly. But uh, what I do encourage them is get to the point where you're at least doing enough paying shows to make the hobby pay for itself. Mm-hmm. So you can go and do magic and never make money and be a diver in it. You can go and just, I do my magic because it's my art, it's my passion, and it's not my living, and that's totally okay to me. Like, I don't like this whole, uh, you know, semi-pro, professional, amateur, it's like, no, it's it's an art. You know, you don't go, if, if uh, George Carlin takes off five years and then stands up on stage and kills it again, he's not, 
he wasn't an amateur comedian for five years. He wasn't semi-professional. He just went and killed it. And that's mm-hmm. how I see it with magic. It's like the how you develop the art, how you go with it is uh, the measurement of success. And so it's like um, for you to take it to that professional level, I know how difficult that is because it's like it's a niche. It's a niche market. It's not like comedy. You can't just go and go to open mic to open mic to open mic because there aren't that many open mics for magicians. There's not. It's, it's yeah. such a small scene. And I think that that's going to change, uh, especially, you know, Vandacek, congratulations, got on Joe Rogan, mm. helping out the art, blowing it up a little bit. Mm. So I'm stoked about that. And I think that that should have a positive impact on it. And he did a great job. So I've always awesome. looked up to Vandacek, by the way. Yeah. Because yeah. I actually started the off. The whole Psy series up there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great series. It I love is. that series. I started off uh, doing mentalism even before becoming uh, becoming a magician. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's my thing is I really love mentalism and uh, close-up magic and the psychology behind it. Um, the, the, spe- the, the theme of mine is more about the... Um, the traditional application of magic it's like most people think of magic as just flashy tricks and illusions mm-hmm. but it's like our lineage is one of the longest art forms that exist in human history we're literally on the egyptian walls like mm-hmm. it's uh we have one of the longest i think the largest uh, written tradition as well of an art form and it's like wow. uh you know we as a as a group of artists have had such a variety and impact and culture that kind of gets left behind with the the modern social fixation with like visual trick visual trick visual trick and it's like yeah that was one third of our art like one third of our art was about doing tricks the illusions and then we also had the you know like uh the mystic advisors the oracles merlin the people throughout history whose job was to relate with someone's unconscious mind you know the whole the psychic readings kind of stuff yeah it's you know obviously uh, are we communicating with the dead no but it is a psychological process that you know therapists use today for therapy Mm -hmm. engaging with your unconscious mind talking with the person dialoguing them letting them see their problems from a different perspective and it's like that all got left behind in our art and i i really love that um you know i see where we're at right now is kind of like where comedy was in the 60s where uh you know monty python the series kind of went out and did every joke as best as it could be. And then every other comedian just kind of rehashed what a bits that they had done in a lower quality way. Mm-hmm. And then you had greats come out like George Carlin and he just kicked them in the butt, knocked it to another dimension. It was like, look, comedy could be totally different. And then other comedians slowly rose up, met that call to action and rose to the occasion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's going to happen in magic. I think that, we are just waiting for our kick. We tend to trail behind the other arts, from what I can tell. It seems like rather than setting trends, we tend to follow trends. And comedy is kind of like that. But comedy tends to get five years ahead of us. Mm. So I'm predicting that I think that magic is going to blow up as an art form. In the yeah, I mean, years. you already see it happening, right? Because yeah. with Shin Lim winning America's Got Talent. Exactly. And um, just more people getting interested in magic. You see all these uh, Netflix series about magic, mm-hmm. um, you know. A lot of them I'm not too much into. Uh, I have my opinions on them, but uh, yeah, just yeah. just the the fact that it's in the limelight in general for for people to see magic right. more often, um, it's it's definitely something that people are more into now than I think you know twenty years ago. That's what I love. It's like I, I I'm always a big fan. I'm like whatever, just keep talking about magic. I don't care if it's uh whatever. What was the comedy show about magicians where they were making fun of magicians? Uh, 
Wonderstone or something. Burt Wonderstone. Oh, Burt Wonderstone. I don't yeah. care if it's Burt Wonderstone. I don't care if it's Harry Potter. I don't care what it is. T- talk about magic, and that's great to me because I just want it to be sent into the unconscious and get this art growing again because I think that we're at a point, especially with the internet, where you, we can do some really cool things. I think that we could develop an open mic scene for the magic community, especially here in LA and Orange County. I think that there's an opportunity for that because we have so many comedians to the point where it's saturated. And those open mics are comedian, 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 comedian. And I'm using the word comedian loosely. But um, mm-hmm. just to be able to break that up with a different art form, I think, is a huge potential. And yeah. uh, I, I'd love to do it. I know that it's a, it's a rough road, but, I mean, we did the magic shop. It doesn't get, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> get more boiler room than that, where it's just like, well, I guess table topping is, uh, table hopping, table topping. That's an interesting. <laughs> yeah, table hopping can be intense, too. So did you? So you said you started out with mentalism, and like, um, how did you end up? Because now I'm watching you on Instagram, which you should check out at Magic Ian's Tours on Instagram right now. He's got a ton of videos. You can also go to AmazingMagic-Ian.com. Uh, he's got all the videos up there and more. Check him out. Follow him everywhere in the world. Um, but I see you're doing like crazy light shows. You're doing stage illusions and like. It's great. It's a full-blown production, and it's amazing to me to see that, like, to know that you went from starting at Mentalism, doing close-up magic at the Disneyland Magic Shop to that. That's a mm-hmm. huge deal. I mean, I saw you rolling with the, the tour van, man. That's mm-hmm. crazy. It's, like, full-blown stage illusion. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Very professionally done, and, like, I, I love it. It's how did, how did that – what was the history? What was the progression for you to go from, you know, doing magic for a group of ten people to um, – like, for me, I do – table to table corporate mm-hmm. events kind of thing right just table hopping yeah i saw it as like i still do table hopping as well okay sweet yeah, yeah, yeah. once in a while nice um yeah and i mean i love it it's you know it's basically as a networker my job is get accounting target talking to marketing get the bachelors talking to bachelorettes hey you come on over to this group you know i just read his mind do you want me to do it with you boom and then get the networking going that's like my sales pitch for the for the corporate environment of it because i mean it, it's huge it's like it, especially trade show events where it's like i think it's one of those most underutilized arts for businesses because it's like you can go and spend uh much you can go and spend 50 grand on your little booth and right. some guy can go bring in a magician he's gonna get all the people because you're a freaking magician it's awesome you get to read their mind it's like of course they want to get their <laughs> mind read of course they'll take your business card with your information that has the prediction on it and it's like such a powerful tool that a lot of businesses aren't exploiting right now, but the ones that are killing it, it's like, it's like having a trick up your sleeve. <laughs> but, um, so for you, it's like, you're going to this corporate environment, you, uh, do the corporate stages, you're doing the corporate walk around events, but you, and you have this start that's at, you know, close up groups, 10 people. Like what, what exactly does that look like? What's the progression for you? Like what's the, what's the history of Ian? <laughs> <laughs> Like so, wait. Re- the like the artistic. The so you start now at uh-huh. like with a close up. I'm assuming you know standard with a deck of cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And doing it for groups of people, doing the magic shop, going and getting that cut ropes, doing the spirit lights, ah, all that good <laughs> stuff, making the card float. To like full blown corporate shows. Like what is, what is the what is that's point A and point B. What's the what's the path to this? Yeah. So I I just wanted to um you know uh obviously learn a lot more about the business side of magic. Yeah. And um so I I, I studied a little bit, but most of it was um just kind of a lot of trial and error. Okay. With um with seeing what worked and seeing what didn't work, doing totally. doing my own research about 
you know, how to become a professional magician full time. Yeah. And then the, you know, the act that, uh, that I do has to match up with my rate that I charge people of and course. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So that's why I started, um, you know, I started to innovate more with magic and starting to do the special effects light show with the hologram, the floating yeah, woman. Yeah, dude, it's pretty awesome. And stuff <laughs> so like cool. that. So, so I, like, I try to, um, like, innovate magic and kind of bring it to modern times. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I feel like a lot of magicians are still doing uh, classic stuff yeah. only. Um, and even though the methods are kind of based on um, the old fashioned, I try to modernize, uh, make it look different. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And just kind of bring it, bring it to modern times. And um, a lot of times in the hologram show, I'll customize it to, uh, you know, I'll have the corporate the company logo in yeah. the hologram and uh-huh. customize it for, for the corporate event yeah, and so stuff bad. like that. Or if it's like for a school, I'll customize um, the school logo like or their mascot in the hologram, which um, is, is a really great selling point to yeah. a lot of these clients because it really piques their interest. It doesn't get better interested. marketing than that. It's like, hey, what's the most attention-getting thing you can get? Want your brand right next to that? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, and by the way, it has nothing, nothing inappropriate, nothing rude, nothing condescending to get the attention which is so common these days like you go and watch super bowl commercial it's just like inappropriate humor here's our brand and it's just like well okay cool you just associated yourself with some crappy image that good job it's like a complete lack of persuasion where with magic it's like do you want your brand associated with wonder amazement beautiful visuals illusions like that's a cool thing to be associated with a lot better than like crappy hack humor. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, I, I, again, it's like from a marketing perspective and for me, like mentalism, like I apply that those aspects of everything I do in my life with the marketing and the persuasion, advertising, learning how the mind works. And it's like, it's a real thing. Persuasion, you know, Robert Saldini's book, Persuasion talks about it. Like the emotion that you charge before your message has a huge impact on mm-hmm. the marketing and like, it, it's a, such a crazy unexploited thing by corporate entertainment where it's like this you know they go spend 50 grand to have a corporate mixer and then accounting goes sits with accounting marketing goes sits with the marketing uh you know legal goes sits with legal and nobody talks to each other and it's like <laughs> you just spent 50 grand to get all these people in this fancy hotel with all this right. food with all this board with entertainment and they're not even you're not building morale at all and it's like you can go in with a magician Hit them with an ad, associate your brand with a positive emotion, make it a big experience for everyone, and then go and facilitate networking after mm-hmm. the event. It's like, holy crap. It's like, <laughs> or you could go hire a magician who's going to offend, or a comedian that's going to offend half the audience, because mm-hmm. that's how comedy works. And it's like, right. I, I don't, get, don't get me wrong, there's nothing, you can definitely do corporate comedy right, but it's like, you're playing, a, you're playing with fire there, because comedy is about playing with fire. It's about living on that edge of what is going to offend the people a little bit. And I'll still do that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll throw uh, some humor in, in my show. That's really teetering on the edge. Yeah. Um, for example, today, like I, at the corporate, um, show that I did for the, the Halloween at, you know, the embassy suites, Mm -hmm. I did this, this trick, uh, where this, this lady, um, you know, didn't speak English too well. And she, she spoke Spanish pretty fluently. So I called, um, someone wanted her to come up and then I did a trick where, um, you know, I was actually doing ambitious card after right. I do all the big visual stuff. Sometimes I'll go into doing some card stuff, and um, and just a bit ambitious card is a card effect where the cards placed into the deck comes to the top repeatedly. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's uh, a tons of variations on it. It's a uh, typically most magicians all have their own little unique take on it, and it's uh, 
very popular effect. Kind of yeah, thing. so someone signs a card, put it in the middle, and it comes to the top. Yeah. So in, in the finale, I did the pop-up where you bend the card, you put it in the middle, and then it pops up. But, right, <laughs> but I, as I put it in there, I was like, ma'am, go ahead and blow blow it. And, and, and then she, she gave me this look like she wasn't sure what I was saying. And then I was like, oh, no, no, on the deck, make sure you, you blow on the cards right there. <laughs> I was like, don't get in any ideas yes. here. And then the audience was cracking up, you know, because it's obviously totally, one of those, yeah. like, teetering on the, the edge, like, you know, sexual jokes or whatever. But, um, yeah. And, uh, but I, you know, I didn't overdo it. Of course, Because yeah. I didn't overdo the, the little humor there. They kind of picked up on it and they got really into it. So they're just like little jokes like that. Um, Dude, I love know, it. Really I love seem that. to add a lot of entertainment. Value. I've noticed that like that's a problem. And I mean, obviously, you know, not, not to ever knock other magicians, but I've noticed that, uh, it, even in myself, I've, uh, if I do an act too much, you get robot syndrome where it's like, I realize oh, I'm saying the same line over and over again. I did. I just said it to that other group. And it's like, when I ever catch myself doing that, that's when I pull myself out. And I'm like, oh, shoot, this is over routines. And it's like, oh, man, I'm repeating the same lines. And it's like, I'm always striving to try and have that jazz element to my magic where you can go Make and take the, yeah, take the opportunity. Because, yes, in the same way a comedian has his same bits, but when you go and see that progression of a bit, you can see how it gets changed here. Maybe he tries it a little differently this way. Maybe we'll try it with a different uh, approach or a different beginning, different end, different uh, group of people that are the butt of the joke. And you can watch it change. And um, I like seeing that with magicians. But I also noticed that with magic, because you have a guaranteed basically laugh line or mm -hmm. a, a, the magic, the magical moment that's going to hit. A lot of magicians can get locked into like, this is the script down to at the one minute mark, I will be saying this joke in this way. And I see right. validity in it. I see power in that argument. It's something I'm working on right now. Just like trying to figure out how, what makes a good act. I've been reading a crap ton about that. And I, I see both sides of it. I'm not sure which way I, I go yet. I'm working on it, but it's like, what, what makes a magic act good? And I see there's two schools of thought. And there's the, the thought that make it a perfect 30-minute bit or 20 minutes or 30 minutes and your 60 minutes. And it should be able to be copy-pasted here. And then if you go and see that on Monday and you see it on Tuesday, you're watching the same thing. You'd see the exact same show. And then the other school of thought is this more jazz approach where it's there's, there's set bits that are going to occur, but there's also embedded within the show opportunities for new things. And I, I see with mentalism where there's huge potential to do that because you know you're doing stuff with psychology that can totally miss mm -hmm. and you can totally mess up the effect and then you have to work with that mm -hmm. and make it happen um but with close-up magic in particular i i'm failing to see how you could incorporate that in a way that doesn't just look like you're kind of a crappy magician like you're like oh shoot now i just well, i just missed the trick i guess i got the wrong card dang yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean i don't like the script you know yeah. just 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 for the reason because i like the, the second approach that you're mm -hmm. talking about uh, the audience should that they should feel like that's the first time that you've ever done that show right you know what i mean like and uh, the more you go off script, the more you interact with people, mm -hmm. it, the more entertainment value gets added because it, it feels like this is the first time you've, you've ever done, done the show, but it's done so well, so you don't seem like you're doing it robotically. Totally. Um, um, yeah, and so that's, I mean, dude, that's, I, it's, such a, it's such a schism where it's like, you know, because you have, for me, like, I, I'm not 
you know, I'm not uh, Banachek, I'm not Darren Brown, I'm not David right. Blaine. So, like, I'm going to these people that are way greater than me, and you have two magicians who are equally superior to me in, like, every way. They're up here, I'm down here, and they both are saying opposite things, and you're just like, oh, like, <laughs> it's like, more like they found their own paths to doing it in their own way, and it, it's crazy to me, and I mean, obviously, I've got a lot of reading to do that, I mean, I think that's one of the things that really differentiates our as well, is just... There's always more to read. There's always more to know. Gathering esoteric information, getting new information, getting new ideas, getting crazy ideas, learning about all these various things, and then uh, incorporating that into the act. And like for me, I, I'm reading these excellent minds and seeing that, and I, I see both sides. And I lean more towards doing the improv way. And it's so hard when you're just like, yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, Ortiz says... Do this and uh Improv you know max go. maven says this you know it's like oh gosh it's, it's hard it's hard to be talking about people who are just amazing incredible but yeah, yeah I, no, it's I, awesome i, I, I love that's what i want to do uh, podcasts is like talk with other magicians about the art get the get their opinions because it's like this is yeah you know, the the idiotic meme is that magic is dead it's like no magic isn't dead uh magicians are getting lazy that's that's the problem magicians are getting lazy and they not they stopped trying to cultivate the art and it's like no this is fresh this is there's ways to do like you're saying there's improv there's scripting there's great magicians that are growing right now and exploding and the trend if if you do digital marketing at all it's like magic is going to grow and if you think magic's dead Magic isn't going to die. Magic isn't going anywhere. You might go somewhere. You might not be able to follow the magic anymore, but magic is going to grow. It's going to go huge. And um, I think that that's where we can really get into this uh, depth of, of the topic is discussing with other magicians, getting minds together, and like, where where do you see the art going in the next few years? Where do you, what do you... That's a good question. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... it's uh... I think it's, you know, it's definitely going to continue to grow and uh, change, especially with uh, how social media is, yeah. is changing magic mm-hmm. and stuff like that in good ways and in bad ways. Totally. But in, in a lot of ways, I feel like it's it's moving away from the live entertainment side of it, and, and, mm-hmm. and it's it's being um, kind of changed and adapted in, in a way to, to fit uh, social media viewing audience as opposed to uh, live audience. Yeah. Totally. With, um, oh my gosh, it's like a, almost an entirely new art form in a way. Yeah. It's like, I, I posted about that on my Instagram where I did a magic trick where I take the coin, put it inside the water balloon in person, and you can watch the visuals, watch the optics. It was executed perfectly. And I don't mean that uh, in the sense of like, oh, I'm perfect. I mean, just like from the technical illusion aspect, the, the illusion was correct. They were looking at the other hands, coin goes in, following the misdirection cue. So in person, it was perfect. Mm hmm. You have the camera it's a totally different angle and it's like holy crap that was a terrible illusion it looks horrible you can clearly see and it's like i'm executing what i learned at the magic shop in front of a camera and i is that is that something that i need to adapt for or is that a different art form or is that even and that's where i think you're that's what you're getting at is the social media is transforming i don't know even know if it's the same thing like i think chris angel kind of sort of started that back in the day where we the magic community really rejected hard on that. They're like, it's TV magic. He's using camera tricks, using stooges. And I, <laughs> I, I go either way, you know, for me, it, it, everyone has a personal take on it. I 
can see the argument that what he was trying to do is create a new art. And it's like, no, 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 this is TV magic. It's totally different, totally different rules. But if you're trying to make your own rules, then you better you better be upfront that like, yeah, no, what I'm doing is different than what David Blaine's doing, yeah. for example. What they're doing is that they're just they're really amping it up. Yeah. So then the the way that they're amping it up is, um, you know, by uh, getting stronger reactions than what you would usually probably get right from a live audience, or that you might get one out of every hundred people might yeah, react yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. So because, you know, social media is, is like, it's, it's a competition for attention. That's what right. it is. So you're, it's, it's really changed completely. It, it changed the way Chris Angel did it on TV mm-hmm. because now you can just, you, you can go through your phone and boom, you have to catch something, you have to get something that's really attention grabbing. Yeah. And that's what a, a, a lot of these social media magicians are, are doing these days. They're, they're amping up the level of magic in a way that hasn't been seen before, right. but in the detriment of live entertainment and the detriment yeah. of doing it live in person because the way that the people are experiencing it live, it's made, it's constructed in a way so that the people going through it get the best viewing experience as opposed to the people watching it live. Yeah, and that's yeah. really the way that it's um, a lot like it's comedy. Being changed. And it, you know. Yeah, we have like the comedy YouTube channel, and it's like if he got behind a mic, they bomb. That you see a YouTube comedian go behind a mic, and it's just they right. just spiral. It's so bad, and it's like you're right. It's totally different. Like that's where I think it's going. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a scary place for it to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> for me, what I what I worry about is. A divergence from that traditional path. I really like to root myself in the tradition of the magic where yeah. it's like you have the magic tricks, which the magic tricks, the illusions, then the, the emphasis on uh, learning about great ideas and disseminating those to the people, which was, uh, you know, traditionally what a magician, a wizard, an oracle, a Merlin, th- those types of people were supposed to do. They were supposed to gather great ideas learn a lot, read about various philosophies, know about different ways of looking at the world and use that. And then they were also supposed to do illusions and they were supposed to engage with the right brain, the whole thing that now is like categorized as fake psychic stuff that Mm. kind of gets attacked by this weird pseudo skeptic. Like James Randi. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's a heavy push on like demonizing it. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. We get it. Lying to people to steal from... Widows is bad. But what they were doing and what historically they have done and what they are currently doing is a real psychological process that has actual value for people. It's like every culture has it. Psychotherapy, union psychology, meditation, prayer, Ouija boards, uh, tarot, palm reading. All of them work on the same principle. Take your unconscious, put it onto something, look at it. Now you can look at it from this angle and this angle and this angle. And it's like if you strip away... The, uh, the the paranormal aspect and it is Halloween so maybe it's still there but if you strip that paranormal away it's like it's still a crazy thing that our brain can do that we have no idea how it works we don't know what the psychology behind it is it's this weird part where there's another part of your brain that you can pull out put onto an object and interact with and get new information from that you didn't have before it's like what the heck is that it's like it blow, it blows my mind and that's a huge part of magic, it, and, and it's a huge selling point of magic too. But before this uh, push for the, for the anti, the whole anti fake psychic movement, like magicians were making bank with that. There was magicians who would go and do a stage show for free, and then afterwards set up little booths and say like, 
psychic greetings after you just did a magic show showed you're doing tricks doing standard illusions cut and rope and be like oh by the way psychic greetings you know it's like obviously you're not it's you take it with a grain of salt and those guys are making bank because people like doing it it's a part of our brain that you don't get to do in most cultures and most situations so like people jumped on it and i think that that those three things combined together could help us escape the path that you're talking about the social media doom where it's this super fixation on just visual quick hits make it bigger make it louder make it brighter and it's just like we all know like the magic castle we when we were in the junior program we would go and take a camera one guy had a big camera we all dressed in suits you get one guy to stand in the middle we all surround point a camera at him walk down hollywood boulevard people would come up and get your autograph just because they see the camera and they see a bunch of people in suits that look like bodyguards like the camera makes fake reactions. The camera does not give a real response. People ham it up. And it's like, if you have that feedback there, it's crazy. Because if you're ignoring that aspect of magic, that that engaging with the unconscious, that using illusions to demonstrate, hey, you don't really know how the world works, and that's why you're hallucinating this magic trick right now. You saw the coin vanish. If you saw the coin vanish, that means your brain isn't able to perceive how the world really works. Isn't that a little weird? And that's like, oh, yeah, that is pretty weird. And that's wonder. That's amazement. Or for some people, it's like, yeah, that is really weird. How'd it work? Tell me the trick. And it's like, okay, you got the two divides of the mind. Mm -hmm. But, like, that aspect is so hard to capture with a camera. I feel like, because you always have the out. If you point out the camera and you see everyone reacting, you're not reacting so much to the wonder. Your brain's like, oh, that could be a camera trick. And then what you're reacting to is the other people reacting. It's like Mm -hmm. almost like a laugh track. Like with with like a sitcom, that's like if you, if you've ever seen Big Bang Theory without a without its laugh track on, it's on YouTube. It's like horrifying. It's so it's so cringy when they remove that laugh track, mm. and you're just like, what am I watching right now? And I feel like if you mm. do that for a lot of magicians, if you took away that camera, the group of people that certain magicians who won't be named uh, walk up to, yeah, <laughs> walk up to. Go and say, all right, guys, so when I do this, react really big, okay? And it's going to be awesome. And just say, whoa. And then turn on the cameras. Like, that's that's a joke. That's fake. That's acting. That's, for me, like, people used to complain about Chris Angel. I find that even more reprehensible than the kind of stuff that he was doing. It's like, okay, yeah, he had some stooges here and there. Had the TV magic thing going on. But when you're literally coaching for a reaction, it's like, it's rough man it's rough yeah yeah and and so like for me i'm hoping that there's there's an alternative to it where it's like adding the depth back into the art to try and come back the the superficiality that's really getting pushed with the social media and it's hard because it's a visual machine and it's so free I, i get it like i do videos all the time on instagram too it's like oh Here's a platform that's purely based on visual things. Hmm, I wonder if magic will do well on there. It's like, of course it will do well on there. You can make a fire, and you can make something appear, and you can make things disappear. It's like, a, it's a perfect tool for magic, but at what cost, you know? It's like this obsession with the illusion, and I don't know. I, I think it's, in, I'm hoping overall that it's good because it brings more attention to magic. Right, that's the other uh, other look, look to it. Yeah, but I just don't know how, how do you see the art getting brought into that medium? Like, 
I'm hoping like that why we're doing this is I, I'm hoping that by creating platforms that are long form content dialogues talking about the history about the art about the the skill of it that we can um bring some of that depth back but what do you see any ways that the social platforms could be leveraged basically for good rather than or not not yeah, yeah, necessary, yeah. but, but um, good for the depth as well as the exposure right no i i definitely the way i try to look at social media is to get more people to come to the live shows okay so okay, you know yeah, like yeah. creating facebook events and right. stuff like that uh because the the live show is when people really get to see the depth yeah to, to the magic social media it's it's such a short amount of time that you have to keep people's attention mm -hmm. that everything has to be so visual and it doesn't really give people enough time to really absorb uh the depth of the magic because people's minds tend to turn off sometimes when it right. gets too in depth and w in terms of the social media so that's why i think uh the live show like the live magic yeah that's really where um you know i try to focus on uh you know trying to make it as good as possible live as opposed to um you know trying to become a big social media magician right exactly so almost like treating it like so being a social media magician being like a a separate a separate thing than even just a, almost like in the same way that being a, a comedy actor is totally different than being a stand-up comedy a comedian i should say uh the live magician being a very different variant than the person trying to do it with just social media kind of mm -hmm. approach mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I guess that it totally makes sense. It's uh... and there's different target audiences and, and different um, uh, different reasons why you would take a certain approach on uh, trying to either get shows or trying to, for example, get brands to uh, sponsor you and stuff like that and include that and, and, and get paid that way, which is mm -hmm. how a lot of them do it. Um, but me, you know, I like to focus on on doing the shows because that's where my passion lies. So how? Where do you see for you? So that's I, I get the so that with the social media, the other aspect I see with the internet is how it's affecting the the secrecy, where the explanations figuring yeah, it out. Yeah, no, definitely. What do you see from the the concept? The question every magician gets asked is like, is it real magic? Are you doing magic? Like, what what's the secret behind it? Uh, like, what what is your response in the day and age where it's like if you said yeah, no, I really made the coin disappear. It's like, okay, oh, hey, here's, you know, Evan Everest showing me how to do this. Like, and you're just like, oh, crap. All right. Like, what, what is, how do you avoid that issue? I, I personally, I have my own ways, but I'm, I'm interested in, like, what, what are other magicians doing to adapt to humans having all knowledge in their pocket at any moment with, like, a few Google searches? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it sucks, you know yeah. what I mean? But, um... That's another reason why, you know, innovating magic and trying to change it and, and make it different so that you know you're the only one who does that effect and they can't look it up. Got it. You know, e even though uh, there's still going to be classic effects right. that, that you're still going to want to include in the show, like a lot of traditional stuff, which mm -hmm. I still do, like the levitating table okay. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, That's a beautiful illusion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, definitely, I, I think, um, you know, putting stuff out there as a magician... Uh, on on YouTube and like revealing how tricks work, mm -hmm. for example, or whatever. I d definitely think that it's selling out. Yeah, I think that it's selling out. I I think that that's going the wrong route mm -hmm. of where magic should be. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, obviously with YouTube too, there there's a lot of um, uh, magic videos where people are teaching 
how right. to do something, but it's taught by an amateur. Yeah, so, so, totally. Yeah, so uh, then you're taking uh, on... The, the, the six-year-old with a... The six-year-old with a crotch shot. All right, guys, I'm going <laughs> to teach you how to do uh, cards across. And you're just like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, stop it. It's like, oh, I hate that. It's it's terrible. I, I, I see that. For me, I have a slightly controversial approach. Most people don't like it, but I, I feel like exposure isn't um, as detrimental as we think. I'm of the opinion where if a person is so perturbed by my magic trick that they're worried that it's real and that they're like thinking about it and then they're willing to go through the effort of searching the multiple terms they'd have to do to try and figure out the methodology, I kind of want that person to know that I'm not, you know, in a pact with Satan. I want them to be like, you yeah, know, he, he used a double lift. Like, yeah, all right, all right, whatever. Like, that, that's okay to me in the sense where it's like, I feel like the only kind of, it's almost like a magician's fear because of how we've instilled the art in us. Secrecy is such an important core aspect of what we do. You know, keep the secret. Well, the reason you keep the secret is the same reason you don't yell at the punchline of a person's joke before he says it in a comedy show. And he's like, oh, here's the punchline. And you're like, what the heck? It ruins the entire moment. It ruins the vibe. But yeah, it's yeah. like, if it really bothered, I feel like if I go and I do mentalism, so it might skew a little differently because there's. Mm. A large chunk of my audience who are like, we'll see that and think, no, this guy has real psychic powers. Like, right. this is real. And so, like, I feel like if that person's so worried, like, well, but how could he have known my card? Like, well, I want him It depends him to... on the presentation, too. You yeah. know, the way you're presenting it. Because I think, you know, if it's presented as, as entertainment, mm -hmm. and then you say it, 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 you say it in a way that laymen are going to understand without actually saying it's entertainment. Right. Um, they're going to perceive it differently than if you try to act like you know you're contacting the dead right and you exactly. present it that way yeah yeah because i do a couple of seance uh effects in in the show but yeah. you know i put it in a presentation of, of yeah, entertainment I, sorry. Yeah. yeah i saw your your church post the other day i was oh, like yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, gosh yeah, yeah. this is a magician's nightmare like i can't imagine <laughs> you go in and I, you're just like yeah. oh yeah I'm going to be doing my uh, stigmata effect in front of the Christ figure on a cross. Like, Which oh. I ended up basically doing. So. Oh, that that's so crazy. Well, that that's has me having balls there, man. The coordinator so, like, was okay with uh, me doing uh, the whole Halloween show with the mask, dude, the chopped off arm, the doves into the snake yeah. in the church. So. I can't that imagine. Was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty fun. Just show up at your event venue. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's going to be in front of the actual figure of the Lord Jesus Christ over your head in front of the altar where we baptize the babies <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> i can't imagine i'd be so scared i i in my past had a lot of issues i went to a private christian college and ran into issues with doing magic for people so mm. i know how psycho some people can be they can take it way too seriously like to the point where i was having issues where I was like no like like you're obviously... not a christian if you're doing magic yeah yeah it's stuff. like or like no you're doing real magic and that's a, and I'm like, no i'm not that's, well, that's exactly what a real wizard would say and it's like <laughs> yep, yep, you got me. You got me with my real magic powers. The best thing I could think to do is know what card you're thinking of and turn coins into pennies. You know, not just sit around, read the president's mind, sell it to Russia. I don't know, predict the lottery, turn coins into gold. No, what I went with is card tricks. That's that's exactly. Really exactly my real magic powers. I just made a really crappy deal with the devil. It's like, <laughs> which I guess makes sense now that I think about it. He'd be a really good negotiator. He'd probably get you in a bad contract. The devil? Yeah. <laughs> He's a good lawyer. <laughs> well, um, I guess another question I would ask along the same lines, since it's Halloween, 
Do you have any ghost stories? Any paranormal? What What's your opinion on the on the ghost world, the paranormal, spooky things? Have you ever had a anything spooky happen in your life? Um. Well, earlier, yeah. when we were out in your living room, that, oh. <laughs> that door opened yeah. like really fast. I thought someone was going to come out because it, of how it opened. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. That is. It is interesting. That's uh, the power of having a, a house that faces this way with the wind. Totally wasn't the wind. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very powerful effect. Yeah. I, I always find it funny because I talk to a lot of magicians and I know a lot of magicians because we know the tricks. We know when someone's going and doing the fake cold reading. We know when the yeah. person's trying to... And, and by fake, keep in mind, it's an art form. It's a real skill. It's a real talent this is for the audience. It It's a real development. And the reason it's not like some lady is sitting down and just so stupid and gullible fall, falling for the fake psychic. It's be, The only reason it looks like that to you is because you aren't in the moment it's a process it's a it's a form of hypnosis really and if you were from start to finish of the fake psychics act you would be pretty sold too and you can go in there and be skeptical it has nothing to do with intelligence most of our presidents have consulted fake psychics throughout history mm. like smart people highly successful people can be geniuses can all be full the guy who wrote sherlock holmes was convinced that harry houdini had real supernatural powers right. despite the fact that harry houdini constantly said no no i really didn't i i did not nope i'm i'm convinced you got out of the box therefore real magic like it has nothing to do with intelligence but i find that it's very interesting to talk to other magicians about it because i've found an alarmingly large amount of magicians alarmingly not in a bad way but just uh, surprising that's a better word a better word is surprising amount of magicians who have had experiences with paranormal and things that they can't explain and i find those the most intriguing because uh we know the tricks so it's a very hard to get fooled what when you know the methods of fooling people and i always find it interesting to talk about it yeah. if, if it's not and then you know the, most of them is like no but when you find those people, I find it's the most interesting, even more so than scientists, because scientists are surprisingly pretty easy to fool, because they think that they're very smart, which they are, but the second you can fool them with anything, they're like, well, I'm smart, therefore I couldn't be fooled. And then it's like, right. boom. And they're, they're, they're basing bottom. all their opinions on how it works off science and not uh, magical methods. Exactly. Like, yeah. We're thinking about it from the persuasion element, from the, the influence element, the, the way sleight that you can trick them, the sleight of hand, the, the ways that your brain messes up, versus where they're like, well, logically, this makes sense. And it's like, haha, that's only half the world. <laughs> it's like, you only got the left brain, dude. We got yeah. the right brain. And, and then yeah. you look at Penn and Teller Fool Us, too. And yeah. uh, you see the magicians who go on there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I tend to think really hard about how something works. And, I, and I'd be like, okay, so uh, this fooled me, but this is the method that I would do yeah. to do <laughs> yeah. it. But is that necessarily the exact method that they're using to accomplish it? Uh -huh. The idea that I have, uh, how the method works. And it's like, you know, sometimes, uh, like, when Penn, they fool Penn and Teller, too, uh, they admit the same thing. They're like, we think you did it this way, but we're not sure. You fooled right. us. Well, I love, I love the uh, Penn and Teller because it's almost like the show is a giant magic trick. It's almost doublespeak in a way where when a magician watches it, we understand that we're communicating like, yeah, no, he did these slights so perfectly that I don't know the methodology he used, but it was one of these three methods. Right, right. That's right, what right, magicians right. are reading. And a layman's like, they fooled the magicians. And it's like, yeah, kind of. Ish. Like, I mean, yeah. 
I don't know if he used a classic force or did he use a number force or a psychological force, but it was one of those three. It's like, I don't know how yeah, he forced yeah, yeah, the yeah, seven, yeah. but here's three ways he could probably, have done it. Yeah, one of those three. And um, I find that really interesting to me, where it's like, it's almost like a giant magic trick in of itself. And I wouldn't put it past Teller because he's a freaking genius. <laughs> he, oh, would, yeah. he would come up with something amazing like that, where he's like, I'm going to make an entire show that's one big magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> well... Yeah. I know that you said you need to be getting out of here around 6. Is that correct? What time is We've it? Got, it's 5.51. Um, if you want to stay longer, we definitely can. I just want to yeah, check in with I, I, I'm actually not going to the castle anymore. I just, oh, okay. I'm going to a Halloween party later. But Sweet. It's rush hour right now. So. Awesome. All right. just want to give you a time check. Just making sure. Are you going to like edit through it, probably? Um, no, mostly. It's just going to go up. Up, upload live give it maybe a little title in the beginning with the sound sequence introduction okay. and then it just goes out that's sweet. it sweet all right well if that's it then i, I think yeah, yeah. Wanna, do you want to close out well be before obviously plug all your stuff everything any upcoming events any live stuff um yeah well i just finished a, a bunch of live stuff in uh, august september and october oh he's got a new promo reel out you should check it out it's on it yeah yeah exactly and uh i'll probably i'll be announcing more public shows okay probably towards the middle of next month or the end of next month sweet since uh you know the holiday season is going to be really oh, yeah. busy but i do have um two I saw a fullerton event too the you're doing a theater show there or something in fullerton i think so maybe well, I, might I do have more i have two in uh in uh Public ones in Newport Beach. Okay, Newport Beach is probably where I'm thinking of. Coming up. But, awesome. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to go through my calendar and uh, send those to you. But I got totally. a couple in uh, in Newport Beach that are going to be public coming up. All of them can be found on the website? Yep. All yep. right, amazingmagic-ian.com. If you guys have any questions, that's my Instagram. And you guys can uh, also, you know, instant message me through through Instagram about the shows, too. Totally. And the Instagram handle is in the description of this video. So it's right down there. Just go down right there. So you got all the information. All right. Well, thank you, man, yeah. for coming over. I hope yeah, we yeah. can do this again. This is awesome. Course, I hope thank that we you. can make the make this happen. Yeah, I'll go yeah. shut down the camera. And then we'll, uh, afterwards, you know, discuss the secret to all of magic in the world and the uh, dark arts, of course. Boom. Well, thank you, man, for coming over. Hope you hope it was fun for you. Yeah, man, it was great. Loved it. Kind of a. Kind